Welcome to The Edge of NFT with your hosts, Jeff Kelly, Ethan Janney, and Josh Krieger. The podcast that brings you the top 1% of NFTs today and what will stand the test of time. We explore the nuts and bolts and the business side, and also the human element of how NFTs are changing the way we interact with the things we love. This podcast is for the dreamers, disruptors, and doers who are pumped about this ecosystem and driving where it goes next. I want to officially welcome you all to this special Twitter Spaces event. It's brought to you by NFTLA, Edge of NFT, Living Tree NFTs. And today we've assembled an incredible panel of awesome achievers to talk about the fascinating things that are happening in DAOs and NFTs, and especially looking at how women are finding interesting leverage points within the space, ways to come together, create new things, and empower themselves and and everyone else. So I'm going to jump right in here and get into some intros to our guests today, which I'm very excited to have all of you. It's a privilege to have such wonderful folks on. I'll give an intro to everybody first, and then I'll give them a chance to say hello and, you know, introduce themselves a little bit, and then we'll move on into the conversation. So let's start with Nicole. Nicole Buffett is an NFT influencer, a philanthropist, a creator. She's a former board member of the San Francisco Art Institute, as well as participating at the San Francisco Art Institute. She's an artist in residence, has been at J.B. Blunk, Jurassic, and Infinite Acres. She's also been a speaker in several major media outlets, including NPR, Oprah, uh, Fortune Magazine and has participated in some lecturing at educational institutions as well. She's committed to the healing aspects of art and the intersection of regenerative agriculture, community, and art. And she just so happens to be CryptoPunk number 8771. And I'm sure we're all jealous of that uh, achievement. Next is NFT Gigi. She's a founder and creative director, lead engineer, of crypto tech women. Uh, She's also a full stack developer with expertise in lots of platforms, React.js, JavaScript, TypeScript, state management, uh, using platforms like Redux, JS Backend, Node.js, Express.js, MongoDB. As someone who's tried a little bit of coding, I'm impressed by all of that. I, I probably have maybe one of those under my belt. I can do like a for loop in JavaScript. She's inspired by clever solutions to complex problems and creative implementations for everyday tools. You can find her on GitHub at GG Scarlet. Melanie Plaza, also active in, in coding and tech leadership. She's at AE Studio. AE Studio actually happens to be a partner of the Edge of NFT podcast. And you can find out more about our, po- our partnership at edgeofae.com. We're helping people uh, build projects in Web3 and NFTs. She is the CTO at AE Studio, leading product and technical strategy and building cool stuff for startups and enterprise. Uh, She's a former co-founder of Elix and founder of Token Runners and Instill. And she's really passionate uh, to make impactful web, blockchain, and AI products. And finally, let's introduce Amy Soon. She is the founder of BlueDAO. That's spelled B-L-U-3-D-A-O, author, as well, and an actuary. And she's on a mission to empower women to be financially free with a little bit of crypto power and metamorphosis magic. She's a management consultant. She grew from analyzing pension plans to managing HR M&A deals. She's been a manager at PwC, a former consultant at Deloitte, 
and she's a skilled developer of people, programs, and culture. So great folks we have on the panel here. I want to check in with each one of you and give you a chance to say a few words, say hello, add anything to your introduction we might have missed because it's new or, or maybe not as well known. So let's kick it over to Gigi. Hi, Gigi. Great to have you here. Yeah, so for us right now, I'm fully focused on crypto tech women. I'm still coding full time with crypto tech women, uh, but I'm currently developing an educational platform. So it's a Web3 educational platform that token holders of crypto tech women will have exclusive access to. And then in this Web3 educational platform, we're going to be covering. So we're going to definitely be covering coding topics because, you know, as a software engineer, I think there's so much opportunity in Web3. But for us, I know there's a lot of educational platforms that are niche only for coding. For me, I do realize we have so many different members in our community with different interests. So we are going into more of a generalist direction where we'll also have like marketing topics and not only traditional coding topics. We've also been doing master classes for our community. And those are also range from crypto to NFTs to art. And those will also be included within our platform. So super excited about that. Awesome. That's great stuff. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's a common trope, although I think it's changing that developers need to be more connected to things like marketing. So they know that they're making the right products, you know, for the right people or be able to connect with the creative side of things. So I love that breadth of what you're working on. Nicole, I know you've got a lot of interesting things cooking these days. You want to mention what's going on uh, at the moment? Sure. Hi, guys. Good morning. I'm so happy to be here um, with these humans. So let's see. I do have a lot cooking. I like that. <laughs> I guess most closely coming up is an exhibition of 32 new animated spirit coins. I was connected to an amazing new IRL NFT gallery space here in Venice Beach, Los Angeles, right on Abbott Kinney called The Gallery or the collective and super organic way I met them was when I was at NFTLA, I was bringing some spirit coins to get framed at my, with my, my framer here in LA and someone from the gallery was in there and saw some work and we started a conversation and it happened completely organically, which is very fun that the space is super, you know, weaving into in real life experiences that's just very, very natural and spontaneous, but it's all you know, synergistic. So I really love that. So that's happening on June 3rd, first Friday, 7 to 11 p.m. So that I'm getting ready for that. I'm actually producing my first ever line of textiles, all locally made in Los Angeles, a meditation throw of the with a spirit coin on them. So I'm just super excited to be expanding my content and how I'm weaving the physical in with the digital asset. So please come. There's going to be amazing food and a bar and all kinds of amazing things going on that night. So that's what's happening most, you know, closely to now. And then beyond that, I am still finishing up preparing a collection of hand-painted animations that are going to be dropped on Quantum Art in July. Awesome. And I love how you just incidentally used the word weaving after saying that you were... Uh... You're launching your own textile project. So you're weaving things together oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> metaphorically and, and literally. All right, let's hop on over and check in with Amy. We don't know each other as well as I do some of the other ladies on the panel, but I'd love to dive in a little bit deeper on what you're up to right now. 
Hi, good morning, good night. I'm actually here in Malaysia, so it's nighttime here. <laughs> but it, this is the great part about being in Web3. You can be anywhere. And I think my latest update is I moved out of my apartment from New York City after living there for eight years. So now I am decentralized living, <laughs> working in a DAO, which is pretty exciting. There's a lot going on in FluDAO. We launched not even three months ago, and we brought 50 women scholars to EVE Denver. We brought 40 to EVE Rio in Brazil. We won first prize hackathon there. And then we also went to EVE Amsterdam. We brought three all-women hack teams to EVE Amsterdam. And I believe we made history because we were the only all-women hackathon team that won first prize. So we're very proud of our hacker girls. And now we have a team hacking inactivate Miami. So I can't believe we're not even three months old. <laughs> it's been going really well in Blue Dow. We're here to empower women to achieve financial freedom in the Web3 space. Our mandate milestones is to onboard 1,000 women scholars around the world. We have launched Blue Latem in Latin America, Blue Europe. And now we have Blue New York, LA and Miami. So I think that's the beauty of having a DAO. It's because it's decentralized and they just kind of explode from there. What else? Then, yes, we are also launching 1,000 women-led DAOs and 1,000 social tokens. So it's been really exciting to be putting our minds together to think of DAO tooling, DAO structure, everything good with DAOs. We have two hackathon teams that won in Inf Amsterdam and now they are starting their startup. So... We are building our very own Blue Dowverse, which is to onboard more women into the space in the metaverse. So that's super exciting. And also our own project management tool with Dowra. Wow, great stuff. Yeah, lots going on and look forward to diving <laughs> even, even deeper into that stuff. All right. Well, I'm very excited and also realizing, you know, we will run out of time before we even get warmed up. But, <laughs> but this is going to be a great conversation. We maybe even extend, you know, into the asynchronous chats and hopefully some people will connect here. Loved hearing about that wonderful synchronistic connection that Nicole made through NFTLA, where I think that was part of our intention was to create an event where things like that can happen. Melanie, I would love to check in with you. What's the latest in your world? Anything with you personally or with AE Studio I'd like to share? Yeah, I mean, we're working on a lot of really cool projects right now. I think one of the things that's exciting to hear about a lot of the stuff is it's, you know, a lot of web stuff with with also blockchain applications. So focusing a lot on things that can deliver a lot of crossover utility too and get new people into the space, you know, focusing on making it really like easy and accessible. I think, you know, the thing that we were working on with you guys is a really um, great example too of something like that where there's a blockchain NFT application, but it's also like a very user-friendly interface and people can see the value even if they're not as interested in the space yet. Also working on, so there's obviously a lot of NFT stuff going on, just super exciting. Also, we're working on some other, like other NFT things that we're working on are, you know, this like RPC game also, which has uh, an NFT component, which is really cool. Compostable NFTs. Also working on some other projects that are more, you know, lower level, like blockchain technology stuff, um, like, you know, working with protocol labs um, and working with other companies that are building identity solutions on the blockchain, which is really exciting. And then another thing that is going on these days is we're finishing out some initial uh, launches for our own product that we've made, Token Runners, which is a white label platform for people to do their own custom branded NFT drops. 
So it's pretty exciting. And I think, you know, a lot of the reason why we decided to do that and other things is just because it's pretty fun just to work with all these different people doing all these different projects and see kind of the ways that we can add efficiency and, you know, make connections like people are talking about to be able to deliver value to the space. Uh, so it's been pretty fun. Awesome. Yeah. And I know it comes out when you chat more with folks at, at AE Studio, but there's this little few words that I think are a theme of what you guys do. And that's about increasing human agency. And I love that as a theme, you know, within a business that's building software to just kind of make, make people's lives better and help them do more wonderful things. Um, all right. I would like to get into a warmer question, like warm up with a question here. It doesn't have to be a super long answer, but I want to get deeper into your world and understand the evolution of your thinking and, and your involvement in Web3. I want to start with Gigi. So you know, cue up your microphone there, Gigi. So you're a programmer, as we established, and you seem naturally drawn to tech. But I want to know, I don't know if I've heard, you know, as much detail about the moment that made you dive so deep into NFTs and Web3. And if there wasn't a moment, I guess, tell us about that gradual process of, you know, noticing you were in the, the water as it, as it came to a boil. Yeah, tell us how you got involved. Yeah, so actually with crypto, I've been involved since 2017. Did not know anything about NFTs back then. And I was just, you know, surface level involved <laughs> with crypto. That was like before the crash. Then afterwards, you know, just kept continuing my life in coding. And then it wasn't until last year, I think I heard probably like, I don't remember which one was first. I know I heard about Gary B talking about it. So I've been a follower of him. I know he mentioned NFTs in a podcast, but I also know I saw a news about a kid that's like, I don't know, 12 years old who did an NFT project about some whales and he was like able to sell it out. And it was fascinating to me because that article actually talked about coding. And I think that was like kind of the first way in, but I worked at a startup. So work at a startup, didn't really have a lot of time outside of like fully focused on the products I was building. So I would just like listen to podcasts here and there. I did tell my best friend about NFTs. Um, so I sent him the podcast, sent him like the articles I had read, and he actually did his research. <laughs> so he did his own research. And then he came back to me later and was like, hey, like, remember that thing you sent me? I'm trying to build a play touring game. So he's not an engineer. And he found this thing called Crypto Zombies, which I think a lot of people are like familiar with. And if you're not, it's basically a Solidity game development course. So you build a game where like you have like crypto kitties and the zombies are eating it. And you're building it and you're building it with an ERC721 token. And it's pretty cool and it's free. So if you haven't, you can check it out at cryptozombies.io. So he sent me this and he's like, hey, like, let's see who, you know, who can do it faster. Because he wanted to understand if that was like for non-devs that wanted to be devs, or like if someone who's an engineer would kind of pick it up faster. And we're very competitive with each other. So that was really <laughs> the beginning of it. So I was like, okay, sure, let's do it. And then as I was going through it, which is a very long course, by the way, and it's it's intensive. So for me, it was definitely easier because I have like a lot of background in coding. So there were so many languages that I've worked with 
that made Solidity be like easy to to understand for me. And then going through it, I was like, oh man, like I actually like this. Because for me, I really love gamified learning. <laughs> and yeah, eventually I finished it and then I started building my own thing. So that was actually my beginning into Web3. Interesting. That's cool. And it's fascinating how these kind of beginner projects can you know, kind of reignite or ignite a flame even in someone who's experienced, right, or has some things under their belt. That, that's a fun story. I want to go over to Nicole and, and ask you a different question. You're different from a different personality than Gigi. You know, you're not a programmer. I don't even know if you might consider yourself a general tech enthusiast, even though you're quite involved. You and I spent some time together. We've been hiking in nature and we talk about digging in the dirt and you've made real art objects out of dirt. A very organic kind of person in, uh, from my perspective. So I kind of want to know like how and why you might think the world of organic creative expression in the natural world might have any connection at all with this kind of tech and Web3 stuff. How do you see that? Hey, so I guess what Ethan's saying is I'm the big hippie in the space. <laughs> I'm kidding. You know, it's true. I actually love making dirt balls. <laughs> I'm about to, to focus on that project next year with Ethan that, that will announce that later. And it involves lots of dirt balls. And yes, they will be translated into NFTs. And so, but for right now, I think that everything that I do in Web3 starts in the physical space. So all of my NFTs begin as paintings. You know, I came into this space really early 2021. And Nick really didn't know when I was going to have another art show. I'm a traditional painter mixed media artist. So I was already, you know, into, you know, just exploring all different mediums with art. And so that same spirit of just curiosity and commitment to art in every single way it can be expressed is really what drives me in my life. And so this space just is another, the digital medium is just given so many more legs to my work. It's unbelievable. So but as far as dirt and Web3 go, <laughs> the source of the work starts in the physical. And, you know, I really like attaching a physical to the digital asset because I think that integration here is super important for a bunch of different reasons. It's not necessary in every aspect or space, but I really enjoy it because it, it grounds kind of the way in which we can utilize and the utility of what we're doing and the multifaceted nature of this space in Web3. Awesome. Great answer. You're not the only hippie. I would consider myself a hippie too. Yeah, that's <laughs> yes, that's all, the time. <laughs> all right. Okay. So I want to kick it over to Amy and definitely love bringing the topic of DAOs into this. And I know, you know, probably all of us here are some way connected to some kind of DAO projects. But Amy, particularly Blue Dow, has been a big part of what you're doing. When did you know that that was going to go from, you know, just an idea that was being kicked around into a real thing? <laughs> I'm laughing because I feel like in Web3 space, things move so fast. And there's not a lot of time of thinking, but more of doing. I don't know if there was exactly one moment that I saw what Blue Dow was, because I have to be honest, I didn't. It was one of those things that I kind of just got. Actually, it's a great story because I had been investing in crypto for over a year, a year to 18 months. And I have a 
a group of women and we learn about investing in crypto and stocks and options and all that good stuff. Then one time my friend was visiting in town and he was going to this, actually it was a Terra happy hour. At that time, they were going to the moon and he was like, oh, would you like to join us at this happy hour? I'm like, of course, I've been investing in crypto. I would love to meet the genius minds behind all this different chain. So I showed up and when I showed up, I remember feeling really intimidated because they were all just brilliant. And there was all these founders of different DeFi protocols, dApps, you farming and all of that stuff. And I thought I knew crypto, but in that happy hour, I realized I knew not a lot. <laughs> but in that moment, when I met people in the space, everybody was so inclusive. They were all intelligent and creative. But there was so much passion and humility, and I just fell in love with the space. But one thing I noticed in that venue, and there was a second party that I went to, was there was not a lot of women. So I had met the head of BD for Cosmos, Shelly, and she was, you know, welcoming me with open arms. And I think there was this moment where we were at the bar, and she's like, Amy, we are here to represent women and show up for other women, we need to support each other and protect each other. And I kind of had that like sister moment with her. And going from there, I started meeting a lot of the Harmony guys. So they had the campaign for Create Wealth and Harmony. And I wrote the book for them. And while writing my book, so I wrote my book in three weeks, because Stephen, the founder of Harmony, he told me that if I didn't finish my book in three weeks, I would have missed ETH Denver. And if I didn't make it to ETH Denver, my book would be irrelevant in six months. <laughs> Which, crazily, that is true, because one of my chapters is about the Anchor Protocol. And we all know what happened to Terra. So it's just so crazy how fast the space moves. But when I was writing my book... I wanted to recreate that experience I had, which was my first crypto conference, that magical moment of learning about the Web3 space and just how vast the space was. I wanted to recreate that experience for other women to come into the space. And I think that gave birth to bringing women scholars to ETH Denver. And when we went to ETH Denver, we were not a DAO yet. We were just 50 women scholars that wanted to go to our first crypto conference in Denver. But I think it was that supportive community and we all were just, I'm not sure how to say it. There was magic in the air. There was love in the air. It was just like we were made of the same DNA and we were all here excited to learn. I call ourselves the crypto babies. They're also the big sister, little sister where people had more experience and we're all just sharing with each other. And then that gave birth to Budao. Cool. Very organic in coming together. Um, a word that came up before here. I love hearing about how, you know, it's just sort of magical, those words that you used. I've seen that a lot come up a lot on our podcast in Web3, the idea of things just, just being magical and coming together. Nicole mentioned that too. And so it's not always going to be an easy road. I think we're all very hard workers, but I think it's, it's kind of like, like that knowing when opportunity knocks, how to take advantage of it and take action. Sounds like that's what's going on. I want to kick it over to Melanie. Amy, did you have anything else you want to follow up with? Nope, nope, nope. Cool. Uh, Melanie, I want to ask you, since you've been a founder and a leader in tech, kind of outside of Web3, just just sort of the things that are similar and different between just being a general tech founder and making things happen in Web3. So 
Do you see a difference? And if not, you know, how do you see Web3 as a natural extension of tech evolution? And if you do see a difference, you know, maybe there's a little bit more magic in the air. I don't know what it is, but um, but yeah, what would be the differences uh, between just the Web3 space and being a tech, tech founder and leader in general? You know, I like to think of like, blockchain and then you know all the, all the different things you can do with it as just a new technology and i tried to to treat it like that for a long time in my mind and i think it is but i think the difference is it's almost like it's not this is definitely not like a new iphone upgrade that you're getting or you know the launch of like uber eats after people use postmates or something like that it's not just a, you know, or, or like, you know, the, the, you know, even the creation of like React, like, I don't think it's something that's, it's not just like an incremental change. I think it's almost like an entire paradigm shift. Like, I, I think that blockchain in the Web3 space is more like analogous to when people had gaslighting and then they were switching to electric light bulbs or something like that. And, you know, people were like, what is this electric light bulb that's going to burn my house down? And like, I need to reconfigure my whole house to install this lighting. Is it worth it? And people thought like, oh, this is never going to catch on. Like the light bulb is stupid, right? And I think that's kind of kind of the difference too with blockchain technology. It's like found to me, like it's very, very fundamentally different from other things that we've had before. It's similar in certain ways, but, but it's a huge paradigm shift. And I think it requires a lot of people to take a huge paradigm shift. It's like a huge... Uh, very different um, to uh, there's a lot of differences when you're actually like building and setting things up and obviously there's a lot of difference for um, for users but I think the cool thing too now is that and I think you know we've seen different like waves of like crypto and web3 and I think that the thing that the tech uh, empowers like this more uh, decentralized um, bottom-up approach for users are actually owning the thing that and controlling the way in which they can interact with things and there's no you know centralized authority moderating things it requires a lot more responsibility for the users the user experience is vastly different it also requires obviously building and setting things up in a vastly different way but i think it's kind of cool that now as one i think we're seeing um greater and we'll continue to see greater adoption because i think that that's something that people do really crave it's cool to see it also reflected in the way that projects start to, you know, I think um, community being such a powerful element of all the Web3 stuff goes along with the fact that the technology is decentralized and more, you know, actually giving individual users power or, or agency, as we will. So, yeah, so I think, um, I don't know, kind of cop-out answers, I think, is both a natural extension of the tech evolution, but like a very big difference. I thought that might be a go-to. <laughs> I think it makes a lot of sense to, to think of it in both ways. And I'm just thinking, you know, it takes a certain kind of psychology, openness, like adaptability, whatever, to, to take on these things. I love how you brought in the analogy of, of you know, the, the light bulb and people's resistances to it and, and how ubiquitous it is today. It, it's interesting. I've seen these patterns of people that are kind of on the cutting edge of things, often up to things that always seem a little bit weird. <laughs> and then in five or 10 years, it's not weird at all, you know. I remember when I was a kid, I'll give a shout out to my mom here. She was huge into, she had a health food store and stocked, you know, vitamins and nutritional, all these like nutritional products and stuff like this. And this was back in the 80s, you know, but that stuff was just picking up. And I'm always amazed at how, you know, people would be kind of like, oh, you know, with this vitamin C stuff, it doesn't do anything or, you know, th these various supplements that are kind of ubiquitous today. You can get anywhere and, and are pretty commonly recommended. Take your vitamin D, stuff like that. But yeah, I do remember that there was a resistance to that in, in a lot of folks and they didn't quite understand it. So 
Good analogy. Okay, this has been really informative so far and uh, reaffirmed by this, this thought. We have some really impressive thinkers and doers here. I do want to open up the conversation to some, maybe some more general questions that we can all tackle and get different perspectives on the same kind of question. And by the way, if you're in the audience and you have questions, hold on to them. We'll open things up towards the end of our hour. So be prepared to be invited on stage. If you want to chat, chat with the folks on the panel, I think that would be really great. Um, so just, uh, you know, make note of what you have to comment or question about and we'll bring you on. And also make sure to share the session. Looks like we're, we're picking up a lot of steam along with us. Pretty cool. Uh, many more people are with us than when we just started. But uh, if you want to share it, the, I see at the bottom of my screen, there's a little share link. Go ahead, use it. Invite your friends to come join us. Oh, and I'll also mention we're going to do a couple giveaways at the end of the session. We'll have a, a PO app and a whitelist opportunity for you to take advantage of. So stick around and uh, we'll let you know more about the details on that. Okay, so let's get into some more of this curated conversation, though. So today we are officially focused on DAOs and NFTs as a means of women and Web3 to come together and support one another. So I'd love to find out from each of you, you know, a little bit on that topic, but also like as an entry point, uh, do you own any or admire any NFTs in particular that you think empower women, support women or bring women together? And and you can give a little bit of what, about what attracts you to them. So I'll start with Nicole and see if you have anything to say on this matter. Hi. Yeah. Well, I just let me give a shout out. When I first met you, Ethan, I was on NFTLA. I was at the praise party. I think that was about a year ago. And, you know, this space has been such kind of a, a crazy for me journey of, you know, getting on Twitter and exploring these different platforms and just, you know, being up really late at night, scrolling and looking and find, trying to find new interesting artists and someone I found early on was Rebelica. She's a NFT creator. And I, what I really like about her work is that she creates, you know, she attaches these amazing poetry poems with her work and just that really like authentic sharing and really kind of bringing in the art aspect of it. And that the more, you know, we give and we, the more generously we express with our work it really adds more value to the work so that's and i i've collected a few of her pieces and then most recently i was on a twitter spaces with shira uh, lazar and we were um talking about women in web3 and it was really inspiring and exciting and i ended up collecting a flower girls a women rise a sad girls and then most recently amber vittoria's work who i really love because she also like me she's a printmaker and a painter. And I really love seeing that translation into the digital from someone who's kind of, you know, based in tradition. And then on my list is Post Wook. She is an LA-based artist and she actually spoke at NFT LA and I, I love her collage work. I think it's super, it's just really cool. And I think it reads beautifully again in digital. Awesome. Yeah. And I'm realizing by asking this question, I'm, we're getting some alpha here. <laughs> There's some really interesting projects that folks might not have known about that we can bring to the forefront in this session. All right. So, yeah, again, the question was like NFTs that either admire or own that might bring women together in some special way. Gigi, let's let's hear what you've got to say. Yeah, I actually have one that I, it was actually a gift from a friend. It's a crypto coven. 
But I love it so much. And it's very interesting because their community is very different than the communities that even the community that I'm building. The community is based more on like a story. There's a lore to it. But honestly, I'm very proud to be part of the community because I see so many amazing founders in Web3 that all have a crypto coven and I see them in the chat and it's like a very, like when I say it's very different, it definitely is from like all the other communities that I'm part of. But it's so exciting to me to see that most of the women that are in crypto coven are out there building and it's super exciting that, you know, every time there's a in real life event, they'll want to get together. So that's one community, obviously, besides my own that I, I love being part of and that I'm inspired by. Uh, and also their art is really, really cute. So if anyone haven't, hasn't checked it out, definitely check them out. And I love that part of the community created an initiative to create cats for the witches. So I'm definitely going to have to get myself one little cute cat. <laughs> Very cool. I'm just remembering that of this fun anime movie that my son really loves. It's about this witch, this girl who's like a witch that goes to like a new town and has to find her way out. I'll have to remember what the title of it is, but it's a really fun movie. Okay, so next I want to hear from Melanie. And, and I think it's really fascinating too, you know, we all are doing our different things in NFTs and, you know, but, but we can come together, I think, it's one of the, the themes of these NFT collections, right? No matter what the thing you do in the Web3 space, you probably are interested in or participating in some type of thing. So Melanie, what about you? Yeah, there's this project that we're working with these really awesome women who are uh, doing a launch uh, soon in June, uh, the first Apes Wives Club. And yeah, I'm super excited about it. Um, they're just all like really awesome. And a lot of the ethos of the project is just kind of like, yes, like this is like, you know, all these, uh, these cool uh, female apes and things like that. But it's, um, it's just like really fun and, uh, you know, balls to the wall, like this is going to be crazy awesome. And it's really cool to see that too, because it's, um, that it's it related to like women in the space, but it just really uh, screams like, you know, this project is, uh, is, you know, it's, it's women, but it's fun and cool. And, you know, we can do everything else that the boys in the space can do and stuff like that, which, um, which I really love. Um, and I'm really excited about it. Awesome. Yeah. Good to, good to hear about that. All right. So I think we had, have yet to hear from Amy. So any, uh, particular NFT projects that you admire or our own that you think, uh, help support the community of women? Yes. When we were launching our own Blue, Blue to Fly NFTs at Denver, we were looking for artists and we happened to stumble upon this project called Jandura NFT project. And uh, they're based out of, uh, I think, Singapore, uh, two sisters. What I love about their project is the fact that the founders themselves are the artists in Asia. OK, maybe Asia is too broad, but definitely from Malaysia and Singapore, being an artist is not. How do I say not complimented. In fact, it is uh, not recommended because a lot of the Asian culture, they, the, our parents want us to be lawyers, doctors, you know, businessmen, that, that all, all of the technical and high paying jobs. So the fact that the founders themselves decided to pursue being an NFT artist was one of those ethos that we also talk a lot at Blue Dow, which is to eliminate limiting beliefs and cultural expectations of what you should be coming out of your cocoon and then being free to be who you truly are meant to be. 
So I love the founder story and the project. They have different girls, uh, very cute. Each girl represents different careers for a woman. And even in their in their website, they talked about how growing up in traditional Chinese society, where females often tend to play submissive roles. So the Jandara girls, they're all like basically heroes <laughs> um, for this village, which I just love what it stands for. But it also has utility because through the NFTs, they bring women together to learn about the Web3 space and about NFTs. Awesome. Yeah. Limiting beliefs are a big deal. And, you know, I feel like I can say I've seen folks around me struggle with them and myself struggle with them. And But I'm, I've always been very interested in that ability to change our mindsets and become empowered by uh, by changing the way that we think. So I'm glad that, that's, uh, that you brought that into the conversation. All right. So given that we just talked to you, Amy, I think it's a good switch to talk about DAOs in general and what role they can play in, in women's empowerment and as well um, as women's empowerment in Web3. So like, you know, just in general, right? I, I think we're seeing that DAOs are a platform that is sort of just a new tool that can be applied to all levers or be a lever to sort of all sorts of different spaces. But then at the same time, because DAOs are in this Web3 world and it's a bit of a smaller community now, there's a place for DAOs to kind of uh, be focused into that community. So. Let's start with you, Amy. We've heard a little bit about how things came together for you, kind of what you're up to, but maybe just talk about the wider world of why you have this Thousand DAOs project, right? Like, why do you think more DAOs should be created and and what leverage points do they have? Yes, I think DAOs is truly a beautiful thing to restructure organizations. So I used to consult Fortune 500 companies and CHROs on people and organization. And when I learned about DAOs, I actually see that as the next evolution of human society, where essentially, how can we come together in a decentralized manner? And when you talk about empowering women, I think DAOs are a perfect way to exhibit that. Because what does it mean to be empowered? It means that you have this sense of mission heart-centered that's coming from within and that draws you right we talked about agency but that draws you into your mission or outward but a DAO you don't need permission to participate anybody can participate in a DAO and you can contribute to any DAO that calls to you and I think that's what I love most about DAOs it's it is now enabling anyone to just go pursue what you love doing what calls out to you which is very different from what we're used to in the Web2 space that is centralized and you have all these gates you have to go through interviews and kind of work your way up this letter, you know, take tests and so on and so forth. Whereas in a DAO, it's not, right? It's a group of people who are passionate about a mission and they come together and they put their collective brains together to achieve this mission. Now, I do have to add that I think that DAOs are still very new there's a lot of DAO tooling that needs to be created, structures that needs to be understood to for us to be fully automated or autonomous. But I know that we are working towards that direction, which is beautiful. Hey there, NFT Space Cadet. Let's zoom in on the globe from outer space today to Abbott Kinney Boulevard in Venice Beach, LA. Let me show you a cosmic tech beacon that shines out among the bustle of fashion, art, and food there. It's a thriving software dev, data science, and design studio known as AE Studio, 
where scores of the sharpest minds have come together to help founders and execs create software and machine learning solutions that are not only profitable and increase our agency as humans, but that give us that warm, fuzzy feeling that elegant tech so wonderfully does. AE's breadth of talent allows them to build anything from instillvideo.com, it's a health, fitness, and wellness app that makes your chakras tingle, to award-winning brain-computer interface solutions that could quite literally bend our minds. Oh, and keep an eye out for Token Runners, their NFT white-label marketplace, as well as our highly anticipated NFT drop, Boomer NFT. Now, for all you DGENs who strive to shed the cummerbund and pearls, comes a jaw-dropping, awe-inspiring partnership not seen since the heyday of Shaq and Kobe. It's called Edge of AE Studio, and you can find out all about it at edgeofae.com. That's right, this full-service, soup-to-nuts, end-to-end, whole-enchilada NFT service can help you, yes, you, Randy, launch your NFT project. Edge of NFT and AE Studio have come together like Voltron to get your project in gear so you can hightail it straight to the moon, stardom, and maybe even your own private yacht. Go to edgeofae.com to find out more. That's edgeofae.com. Actual results may vary depending on moon landing location, domain of stardom, scale and model of yacht, as well as weather scale model of yacht or actual yacht. Yeah, I mean, it's about co-creation and it's about, you know, actually just doing things, right? I mean, I think that's also, you know, going back to that theme of the, the limiting beliefs, I think this huge misnomer that mistakes are something to be frowned upon, right? So like, get out there, the faster you can make mistakes and break things, the faster you can fix them and, and come up with better answers. So so let's get out and, and create stuff. Gigi, how about you? Where have you seen uh, an interesting role of DAOs in, within uh, the world of women? Yeah, I mean, I think DAOs are extremely interesting. So I myself, I can't say I'm part of a DAO or know a lot about them. I have seen, you know, successful DAOs that have launched and looked into the structure, especially because I have a lot of um, members from our community that are trying to build projects and they often reach out for help. Um, I think DAOs is a really interesting structure. I love that I've seen some that are successful in the way that they do it, right? So it's definitely a collective understanding of how a, a company should be run. So I do see the potential for not only women, but you know anyone out there to have more of a equal point of leadership into a company. But I definitely don't want to like say anything that's wrong. In that regard, I will say I do think like any company that allows all of their members to have an equal voice, it's definitely something that intrigues me because not everyone's going to be a specialist in marketing, but it doesn't mean that because you're not a specialist, your opinion is worth less than others because everyone has their own unique point of view that adds to the whole. So that's the part that I love about DAOs. I appreciate that. I'm going to kick it over to Melanie. What's been your experience with DAOs? I know we're all, like Amy said, we're all kind of putting this stuff together. We're building the parachute as, as we jump off the cliff into the DAO world. And um, I'm sure you've run into a lot of, uh, you know, requests or, or requests for consults or even helping to create DAOs uh, at AE Studio. What's been your experience there? Oh, yeah, for sure. Everybody loves DAOs. I love DAOs. <laughs> yeah, no, I think they're super powerful. Um, I, one thing that I think too is, they're almost like too powerful right now. Like the, and the, it can be a little scary um, too, especially that we see like um, some bigger players trying to get like into the space and are interested in the concept of a DAO, but are not definitely ready to 
have a really full fledged DAO where, you know, tomorrow, like the, they might get fired as the CEO because the DAO has decided to, to do that. So it's kind of interesting too. There's almost this, I call it a baby DAO. I don't know, but it's kind of the, I think there might be like a intermediary thing too, that we start to see where it's, um, like limited functionality uh, DAOs, like there's a DAO that's like very uh, specific in nature or uh, maybe like not, isn't like a, a fully truly DAO, but um, allowing for community voting on certain initiatives that are curated by other, you know, like leadership organizations or something like that. I think we might also see that as sort of like an intermediary baby step. But I also love like full-fledged DAOs for other things. Like one thing that I'm looking into right now is actually for AE, um, I think it would be really cool to make an employee DAO. Um, and I guess this would a little bit be like a, a baby DAO in some regards where uh, we can get, uh, you know, really cool decentralized and honest feedback and decision making on certain things that we're doing. Um, but also as a way, um, we have like an equity program where we give employees different equity and different projects that we take equity in and our internal projects that we do. And it would be actually really interesting uh, to use that as a way to also uh, like distribute, you know, earnings and things like that from different projects. So I'm really excited about all the potential there, which also the equity program is like a legal hassle to set up. And (laughs) the DAO, it seems like just offers like a a lot of power and potential. Yeah, definitely. And and yeah, I think you're spot on on that, that DAOs can be complicated and a lot of thought needs to go into into creating them. And I like the idea of taking it a little bit more bite-sized chunks. Um, Let's kick it over Nicole to address this question about DAOs and if you've seen anything interesting in the world of of what's going on with women in DAOs. And then, you know, we're running close to the end of the hour here. So if somebody does have a question, you know, you're welcome to request to come on stage and we'll get your thoughts and insights. Um, No pressure, but uh, if you want to be part of the conversation, give it a shot in a few minutes. Yeah, Nicole, what are your thoughts and experiences with DAOs and particularly for women? Sure. Hi. Yeah, I mean, the first thing I think about a DAO is that it's a big responsibility to get involved in a DAO. And, you know, I was early on invited into the Unicorn DAO, and I'm a member of the Unicorn DAO. And I'm finding just in general that, you know, I do vote on some things, but I'm not as involved (laughs) as I'd like to be. And so I really like the idea of Melanie was saying baby DAOs. and, And, you know, it's and leveling the playing field. I think that there is kind of a we don't want to repeat patterns in the centralized kind of, you know, old paradigm world in, in this world. So we want to be careful. And what I do like about DAOs is just this kind of reimagining of the democratic system that's been really kind of torn apart via Trump era. I think that we're all kind of rebuilding our trust of systems. And that's one of the most beautiful things about Web3. And what's happening now is that we're you know, creating these new systems and collectives and teams. And most importantly, I think the thing I have to say about DAOs and Web3 in general is the partnership culture ethos that's being created right now with women and with people, with with everyone and, and men who are supporting women. Ethan, you're a perfect example. Josh Krager is another example, NFT Edge of NFT guys, you know, just really supporting and and being having, you know, serious respect and appreciation. So and that's the key here. And I think that, you know, people coming together is the key. Awesome. Yeah. Good to hear about the certain nitty gritty of it from your experience. All right. So I don't necessarily see anybody with a question and that's fine because we are pretty close to the end of the hour. I will say if you like have the urge, feel free to um, to jump in and request to come on as a speaker and and I'll try to fit you in. 
But uh, since we don't have a lot of time left, I'll I'll like start to walk us out, and I'll definitely make sure that I share a way to participate in some of the stuff we're giving away. So I'll mention this in a, in a second, but uh, write down a link where you can pick up a whitelist spot to our Living Tree NFT project, as well as a pull-up that we'll be creating uh, for people who have been participating in this session. And you're going to want to go to edgeofnft.com slash spaces, S-P-A-C-E-S. But I actually do see, let's see, requested. Who's requested what? Okay, I've got two requests. So let's try to grab these. Let's hit Julie O first. And I'm going to bring Corey uh, approved to speak, but we'll bring you in after Julie. So make sure you're all muted when you're not talking. So, but uh, Julie, go ahead. What do you got? Hi, good morning. I just wanted to say hi real quick. Give a shout out to Amy. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. I'm kind of echoing. So I just wanted to give a quick shout out to Amy and um, say what a wonderful job you're doing with Blue Dow. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing for those of us who are sort of getting started on our journey to Web3 and looking to mentor other young ladies. I have a small group of uh, young ladies from Africa, Kenya, that I'm starting to mentor and introduce into the Web3 space and sort of get them on their journey to financial freedom. So I just wanted to say, you know, Blue Dow is really, really helpful in that area. And a quick question for um, Gigi, you mentioned earlier a little game that you played when you were getting started. I didn't quite get the name and I thought it might be interesting to sort of to start my ladies on, if you don't mind. Thanks. Yeah, definitely. It's called Crypto Zombies. Dot io and then you can just find that online and you can do it on your computer i think maybe it's also phone accessible and it's free it also has other ones so it has solidity it has libra which is the token for uh, meta and i think they've added other ones too so it does give a very comprehensive view into developing and for blockchain so it's pretty cool thank you very much thank you very much yeah, thanks for that. And let's see if we can squeeze in something from Corey.eth. Thanks for uh, volunteering to chat. Uh, what do you got for us, Corey? Okay, thanks. Yeah, I'm with MakerDAO and we are a fully decentralized and well-functioning DAO. So like everything goes with governance, voting, on-chain and so on. And we're a pretty big organization. It's like 120 people, I think. And back to like the last question or the last topic that was on, you know, women in DAOs and so on. I just want to mention that, for instance, our team within the DAO uh, has a very good like female to male ratio and our team lead, the facilitator is a woman and she's doing an amazing job. And like all the women I've met at Maker and like a lot of women outside of Maker as well are doing a really good job. And just on the topic of like equality and equal opportunity, I honestly think from experience that DAOs give a lot better like equal access to these job opportunities and just opportunities to speak up to come up with ideas to get a higher role instead of a like a lower you know position and so on in contrast with regular companies that's my opinion also Um, because a lot of centralized you know companies uh, like corporations maybe they're trying to you know get their numbers up and get the ratio up but it doesn't necessarily mean that they're trying to 
also give the same opportunity to women in higher positions, like top management and stuff. And then in contrast, the DAO structure is like such a flat hierarchy and it's so public and open to everyone that it really gives so much better access to any girls and non-binary and, and honestly, literally doesn't matter who you are or like what kind of minority you represent, you really have a much better opportunity to get into a DAO and do your work. Yeah. Cool. Thanks for sharing. Much appreciated. And if you didn't have a question, that's fine because we probably have to wrap up. But did you have any questions or anything you wanted um, to ask or, or we call the wrap up? I didn't have any questions. just wanted to like say. Perfect. Awesome. Oh, well, I think that was really well said and appreciate you participating and uh, you can meet yourself now. We, we do have a um, another request uh, for a question, but unfortunately, I'm going to have to wrap it up. And but we're going to a moment now where we can let uh, the panelists share their info and, and how people can you know reach out to them. So, you know, maybe we'll take some stuff offline. So let's check in with each of our participants today. Make sure they can share where listeners can go to find out more about um, them and what they're up to, you know, websites, social handles, and so forth. Um, why don't we start with you, Gigi? Yeah, I just want to say thank you so much for the opportunity. And so nice to see Nicole again and get to meet every, everyone else on this panel. For anyone out there who wants to follow me, please go ahead. You will find a lot of tweets about things that I find as a founder or probably events happening in real life. And then also, if you're looking to get started in NFTs or you are someone who's in NFTs and you're looking for a cool community to join, I have to plug myself and check out Crypto Tech Women. We are building our educational platform and it should be ready by next quarter, early quarter. And we do masterclasses too. So definitely check us out. Awesome. I love it. That project seems to be really going great. Really happy about that. Nicole, where can people find out more about what you're up to? Yes, on Twitter, Buffett Nicole, and then Instagram, Nicole Buffett Art. I'm always posting stuff. I'm having a show this coming June 3rd. If you guys are in the Los Angeles area at a place called The Gallery, first Friday on Abbott Kinney, please come check it out. It's a new set of spirit coins, animated spirit coins. Come and visit me. All right. Well, Melanie will have no excuse because she works on Abbott Kinney. <laughs> I, believe, I believe she's oh, there. Oh, my God. <laughs> Awesome. Let's kick it over to you, Melanie, actually. Where can people go to find out more about you and what you're up to? Yeah, so you can go to adjivee.com um, to find out more about what we're, we're doing and what we're up to. And you know, also you can email me at melanie at aee.studio. Um, if anyone wants to, to chat about anything, always, uh, always happy to, <laughs> to talk about any Web3 stuff. It's great. And I'll move along here to Amy, but Melanie, if you could meet yourself first. And I will also just... Uh, mentioned because I just remembered that about our Spirit Seeds project, Nicole, um, people can go to spiritseeds.xyz to find out about that. But it's another piece of Intel, NFT NYC, there will be this really incredible augmented reality gallery experience in Soho that will span across five different spaces and have some, it'll be a very exclusive VIP only invite only event. It's open to VIP ticket holders of NFT NYC, but also our Spirit Seed holders. We will be able to be giving them uh, a pass to enter that event. So um, people can go to spiritseeds.xyz to find out more about that project. Amy, let's uh, hear from you where people can go to find out more about uh, you and what you're up to. 
Hi, thank you, Ethan. This is such a well put together Twitter space. Uh, it was such an honor. Thank you for having me here. My personal Twitter and Instagram is at Amy Dersun. And you can also follow us at BlueDAO, B-L-U-3-D-A-O. We sponsor women scholars to crypto conferences around the world and a lot more exciting things to come. So follow us on uh, Twitter and Instagram for more information. Awesome. And we'll have to get you sponsoring some folks to NFTLA next year. That should be fun. That um, yes. All right, cool. So I know we're a little bit over the hours. So I want to wrap up quick. Pretty cool. They need to move on in a successful so it's giveaways that we have and, uh, and give you the close out here. So it's been a wonderful conversation. Before I officially walk us out, yeah, that's a couple of special guests for listeners that I mentioned. Take out a paper and pencil or write this down on your computer notepad. A special link that I mentioned earlier, but I'll say it again, edgeofnft.com slash spaces. Edgeofnft.com slash spaces, S-P-A-C-E-S. When you visit that, you'll be taken to a form where you can add your email address as well as your MetaMask or similar wallet address. That will allow you to get on the green list or you know, traditionally you call it a white list for our Living Tree NFT project, which we'll be minting sometime in the near future. The art for which will be featured um, during our trip to Davos. I'm, I'm headed out to Davos um, tomorrow, actually, and as well as, as at NFT NYC during that gallery event I mentioned. And for that project, we will be planting 25 real trees for every one of those NFTs that's minted. There'll be a ton of other great perks, so make sure and get on that green list. And also, when you fill out that form, you'll be added to the email. You're adding your email wallet so we can follow up with details on how to get a special POEP that we're creating for today's session. It's not finished yet, but it's very close. And so we'll ship it out and let you guys know about it um, in the next couple of days. And I will sign off with our traditional Edge of NFT podcast outro. We've reached the outer limit at the Edge of NFTs for today. So thanks for exploring with us. We've got space for more adventures on that starship. So invite your friends, recruit some cool strangers that will make this journey also much better. How you can go to Spotify or iTunes right now. You could rate Edge of NFT podcast or say something awesome there. And by the way, I do believe we're going to rebroadcast this on our podcast, which would be really fun and we'll get even more exposure for this wonderful stuff that's going on. But yeah, go to edgeofnft.com to dive further down the rabbit hole. You can also go to edgeofnft.com slash discord, and that will get you deeper into our community of incredible folks in Web3 and NFTs. Make sure to keep tuning in for more great NFT and Web3 content. And thanks, everyone, for sharing this time with us today. The views and opinions expressed on the Edge of NFT podcast reflect solely those views and opinions of the show creators and its guests. We're learning as we go, just like you. Please make sure to do your own research. Our podcast is not financial advice. There are multiple strategies and not all strategies fit all people. You understand that you are using any and all information available on or through this podcast at your own risk.